2: Brudette, and welcome back to the Kanawha Street Chronicles podcast. I'm your host, as always, Brendan Ertle. Today, we're going to talk the coaching staff, uh, all the moves they made uh, this past week. And, I mean, it's been a long time coming, but everything's finally done. We have all the coaching positions all figured out. Uh, today, we got Nate, of course, and we got a newbie. We got Jalen, He's making his Kanawha Street Chronicles debut. I believe this is day one for him. Uh, yes, sir. Yeah, what's up, Jalen? Uh, first off, let everyone know where they can find you on Twitter and what you're going to be doing for Canal Street. Hey,
0: what's up, you guys? Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at um, Jalen OG, JalenOG, J-A-L-E-N-O-G, um, for Oak Grove, uh, the school I went to. And what I'm going to be doing is uh, writing a reporting for the Saints, um, pretty much anything you want to know about the Saints. Um, I'll just be joining the team, and uh, yeah, that's it. Yes,
2: sir. Sounds good. Sounds good. Well, let's just jump right into this, I guess. Um, the, the first move we all saw, we'll just start on the offensive side of the ball. I mean, Pete Carmichael, offensive coordinator, I mean, he's been here for, like, it feels like two decades and been offensive coordinator for almost two decades. But he, like, hasn't been really. He's just kind of been Sean Payne's little assistant. So uh, we've seen Pete Carmichael in, what, 2011 or 2012, that, that season where he called all the plays when oh, Sean Payton was out, and we saw him this this year against Tampa. And, I mean, nothing too bad, nothing too great. Uh, yeah. So, off of you, how do you feel about, I mean, this Pete Carmichael hire? For me, man, it's just
1: a – it's an example of keeping it in-house. You know, it's an example of the Saints went out this offseason. They're trying to – they still believe that the core of this team is going to be really productive, you know, and has a chance every year that they're together. And I, I think we saw that last year, you know, even without – a uh, stable situation at quarterback uh, for any lengthy period of time after Jameis went down. Uh, but especially before Jameis went down, you know, we saw that this team uh, isn't just revolving around the quarterback spot. If you can get Jameis back and as it appears, you know, Jameis is back and probably knock on wood as good as new uh, judging by those wonderfully funny workout videos where he's not <laughs> intending to be funny. Uh, it, you know, it, it's looking, like they really do believe that the solution is in-house and it looks like Jameis again, knock on wood, wants to be back with the team. Uh, And they believe that that core group uh, is good enough to go and good enough to challenge. Uh, So it looks like they want to keep everybody together and, you know, keep it majoritively uh, inside of the company, so to speak, and inside of
2: the team. Yeah. I think it was important that, I mean, of course you bring him back, but like you said, keep the, the names in-house, in-house. Uh, I mean, Pete did a great job with Jameis. I mean, obviously he had a great step forward from Tampa to New Orleans. Um, and I think, I think Jameis is your best shot moving forward. Uh, the quarterback market is looking pretty dry. I thought it was going to be pretty exciting. And it's, it turns out to be kind of dry. I mean, we'll see what happens to Aaron Rodgers. Even if he does want out of Green Bay, I doubt New Orleans wants to deal what Green Bay's asking price is going to be. It looks like Russell Wilson's content being in Seattle – um, who knows what's going on with Deshaun Watson as well. So I think your best shot right now is to keep Jameis. And uh, it's not just going to be like your decision. I mean, he's going to get offers other places. Yeah. He's proven that he can get maybe an offer from Pittsburgh. He's going to compete for an offer. And I think keeping Pete Carmichael, I mean, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I think that, that helps you a ton. I mean, he's got that close relationship with him. And he was on pace to having his – I mean, his
0: best year of his career, honestly. Yeah, man, I'm a piggyback out there. Um, I do think Jameis is the best quarterback for the team. Um looking at the looking at the quarterback market, what you were saying. Um, I would go all in on Jameis unless if unless I could get Deshaun. Um, I feel like Deshaun Watson at his peak is probably a top three to five quarterback. But it, other than that, I would probably roll with Jameis because it's a low accent price. Um, And I think the upside of him is a lot bigger than people willing to admit. And we saw that last Mm -hmm. year until he got hurt. Um, He was taking care of the ball. He was moving in the pocket. He was making all the right reads. He was really playing great, considering that we was never, ever healthy. So um, with Mike coming back, I think that changes everything. Um, And hopefully, in my opinion, I think we should go receiver in the first round. Even with Mike coming back, I think adding another receiver Mm -hmm. would really blow things uh, up for the offense. Um, defense, I think we pretty much bring everybody back, if you ask me. Um, I, Bradley Roby kind of was, I thought, was the weak, weakest weaker point in the secondary. But, um, mm-hmm. yeah, man, back to the offense. I do think Jameis is the best shot, and I I, I like the Pete Carmichael. Uh, I agree. I like keeping it in the house as well. Yeah, I, like you said, I mean, Michael Thomas is the most important
2: thing for Jameis Winston, in- he was doing what he was doing with, I mean, wide receivers that probably wouldn't start in any other football team. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, you look at – if you bring in Michael Thomas and a couple other guys, I mean, I like the core. I like having Callaway's depth. I like having Deontay Harris. Those are going to be two successful guys in this league. But they're not wide receiver one, wide receiver two. That's just not even fair to them. Right. I mean, right? this early in their career too. So um, – the, and, and the main thing about this offense was it was so – reliant on running the football. And at times, I mean, it felt like they couldn't, they've always been a good, solid rushing team. And this year it felt a little iffy. I mean, that's going to happen when you literally you're missing both your damn tackles for half the year. Uh, your guard, your right guard, we all know what's going on with him. Cesar Ruiz, uh, Andrews Pete goes down McCoy, misses games. So it's going to happen. But the, the Saints bringing in Doug Marone, first off, they're, uh, Dennis Allen's first hire for the O-line coach. I mean, I think we all were scared for a second that that was going to be an offense coordinator move. Uh, few, it wasn't. But, I mean, O-line coach, that's phenomenal. I mean, um, all love to the guy who, who coached last year. Uh, he has a really good name. It's the same as mine. But, I mean, it, it just wasn't getting it done. It didn't look great. And it going forward, if you don't have Kamara for six to eight games, I mean, the offense line has to be phenomenal. You still have Mark Ingram. But I really like the Doug Marone hire, uh, wide receiver coach as well. This is one of the other names they actually went out of house for. Uh, his name's Cody Burns. He was the wide receiver coach of Tennessee. Not a lot of people had this guy on their radar just in terms of in-house names. But I mean, for NFL personnel, he's, he's been a hot name. And just for me personally, I mean, I've kind of been around the scene. With positional coaches, I like guys who have played the position and he played at Auburn and I, I want to say he coached Callaway at Tennessee too. So i mean a little connection there too. So I like Cody Burns. Um, CJ did a great job with the Saints. It was just time to move on. Um, and I mean, that does it for the offense. Oh, no, it doesn't. It's like uh, Ronald Curry, the quarterback coach, he's now the passing game coordinator. So good for him to get a little promotion and Darren Rizzi, got bumped up to associate head coach too so I mean some good stuff there offensively but let's switch literally to the main topping point of this entire show which is the defense and I'll start with you guys first before I go with with my opinion but what do you guys think about this co-defensive coordinator thing with Chris Richard and uh Ryan Nielsen
1: I, I think it's interesting. I, I I truthfully don't usually like to put a lot of stock in having co-defensive coordinators. I think that just leads to confusion and it leads to anxiety. But if they know better than I do, that these two seemingly are going to be able to work together really well. And, you know, that could be, it could have the opposite effect of that. You know, these guys could gel together really well. Uh, and we could see some really creative defensive looks. We could see situational play calling, you know, depending on Uh, the packages that they want, who's going to end up actually making the calls out there. It's going to be a completely different look uh, than, you know, consistency wise, uh, but it's guys that are experienced, you know, uh, Ryan Nielsen, you know, That's actually, like you said, a former assistant head coach, a defensive line coach, you know, a guy that I think could really impact, um, especially guys like Cam Jort, you know, that he's still got a lot of energy, a lot of potential on that line. And then the younger guys, you know, uh, two first, you know, Marcus Davenport, all these guys that that they could make a huge impact. And, you know, having a guy elevated at that position that knows how to utilize the role uh, coming from coaching that positionally uh, could be a really big boost. To them, And if you can bring back the secondary, you know, and maybe add through the draft, it's going to be a pretty good skill draft this year. Uh, I, I like the outlook uh, with this consistency.
0: Yeah, you uh, you ended it up perfectly, perfectly with, with consistency, man. Um, I do think we have, and I, and I mean this objectively, I do think we've had the best defense in the league the past two years, and we don't do anything complicated. It's mainly just a lot of um, two-man scheme. Um, and I've, I just feel like as long as we bring our court back, it won't be too hard on the defensive, uh, the co-defensive coordinators to kind of keep it simple.
2: Yeah, I mean, I agree. Uh, you brought up Bradley Ruby earlier on. Uh, I think he will probably be cut in the next coming days. And I think that, yeah. that $10 million has to go to Quan Alexander and P.J. Williams. I think you have to keep those guys. I mean, mm-hmm. you get a big raise, Quan's going to get a raise. Uh, but those are key guys you got to keep on your defense. But uh, I, I, have, I have a few different opinions about um, just this whole code defense coordinator thing. I've personally never even heard of it. When Nick Underhill brought up, I was like, I didn't even know he could really do that, honestly. But I, I saw some mixed feelings with Saints fans. Some saying it was really good, some saying it was really bad. It just – here's my point of view on it. So Chris Richard had three defensive coordinator interviews this offseason – Uh, I want to say Steelers, Colts, and Ravens. Maybe he had another one, too. But um, So there's a ton of interest around the league for him. And, I mean, obviously the things he did with the secondary this year, great stuff. I mean, he has a big part to do with uh, Paulson Adebo and how good he was his rookie year. And it's even more important moving forward in year two and year three to keep that going. So keeping Chris Richard, promoting him, getting him some more money, some more responsibility. I really like it. And Ryan Nielsen as well. I mean, he had they reported that he had a defense coordinator job uh, lined up in college, and he, he didn't take it for this one. So, I mean, you almost had to do this. And I, I don't think the problem here is going to be them butting heads or anything like that because you look at it this way. Dennis Allen is a defensive-minded head coach. He's probably still going to call a play. As he said, that's his baby. He still wants to do it. So, honestly, what is really changing – from last year other than just title. I mean, Chris Richard's still going to coach the DBs. Nielsen's still going to coach the D linemen. They're all going to be in part making the game plan, but it's not like Rich Richard and Nielsen are like fighting for calling plays and whatnot. And what Kansas city was kind of doing with the enemy and uh, Andy Reed and arguing about play calls. I don't think it's going to be like that. I think it's good that you have these guys having like a joint conversation. And I mean, you don't have this, superstar head coach anymore. So you have to have more of a stronger core. So, I mean, right now, I mean, we'll kind of see how it plays out. I I like it. They both earned that promotion. And moving forward, I mean, Rashard or Nielsen, they're bound to get another job somewhere else. So, I mean, Rashard, come next year, is he going to take a defensive coordinator job somewhere else? I mean, I don't know, maybe he wants to call plays. But you've now set yourself up for if Rashard gets a head coaching job, you're now going to get the compensatory picks for the Rooney rule. So then you get two third round picks. I don't, that did didn't, definitely didn't play a part in their promotion, but just a little wrinkle in there. So I think this just helps you keep those guys for, I mean, we'll see how long, but I mean, I really like the move. And I, I think, uh, I, I mean, I rated the, the, the staff on Twitter a letter grade, and I, I call it a W. I think that means you're bringing Jameis back. I like keeping your core, and this just shows they're still in win-now mode. Um, And moving forward, I mean, we'll see what they do in free agency. It's going to – let's see. We are almost three weeks away from free agency, and they're still $76 million over the cap. So, I mean, every day here on out, we're going to be getting tons of news about restructures, cuts. And this is Dennis Allen's team, so, I mean, I'm interested to see – I mean, what's, what's gonna happen? I think two big things. I think one, all
1: of us, self-included, talk about how much we trust Mickey Loomis to get us under that cap. It's time to trust Mickey Loomis to make the right hire. Number two, imagine the opposite if these guys, Nielsen and Richard, weren't promoted, were allowed to move on, and found success with other teams. Imagine the backlash that this, that this ownership and management would get. I love the idea of giving these in-house guys a chance. If it doesn't work out, you move on, you know, and you learn. We've done it. Saints have done it for 30, 40 years to where it didn't work out and we moved on. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I think you have to consider all options. And I think this was the best turnout because I think this, like you said, means we're in win now.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the only thing that Saints fans are kind of upset about was, I mean, Pete Carmichael kind of being a quote-unquote boring hire, uh, but you really look at it, look at their candidates. I mean, Eric Bianamy, who I really like and I like the idea. But I mean, he had some maybe some concerns with him in Kansas City these past couple of years. I mean, give credit when credit's too; he's done a great job in Kansas City. But I mean, if we got Patrick Mahomes, you got Tyree Kill, you got Travis Kelsey, I mean, you better have success or you're gonna be gone. And all the things that went down in the AFC championship with uh who knows what really happened in that game in the locker and whatnot. So uh, I think it's smart. You keep your core. And, I mean, you, you run it back because, I mean, I, I saw some people on Twitter being like, these weren't good hires. But this group, without Sean Payton, literally beat the Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Bucks. 9-0. This group, I mean, this almost exact group and some wrinkles here and there. And this team's going to be better. They're not going to go the next season with this virus here problem. Uh, we'll see how much of an influence Dennis Allen has on the roster. He says he wants, he said in his uh, press conference, that he wanted to have a big part in, in how this, uh, this roster looks. So maybe we could see a little bit of a different roster for the saints and Dennis Allen. But my main concern, the last thing I'll talk about is uh, Pete Carmichael and I'll toss on to one of you guys, Pete Carmichael and what you think he will do with Taysom Hill, because that's kind of what I've been, I've been thinking about this whole time. And it's really tricky because Sean Payton, that was Taysom Hill's guy. I mean, they they went back and forth. Uh, and Sean Payton really is the reason that Taysom Hill got extended with that huge contract. So, I mean, what do you guys think Pete Carmichael is going to do with Taysom? Um,
0: I don't necessarily think we're going to see less of Taysom, but I do think we're going to see less of him at quarterback. Um, I think he might be, and that's not to say Taysom was a bad quarterback at all. I don't think, I think he was a um, pretty good quarterback. I just think, assuming Jameis comes back, um, we will probably use Taysom in more tight end sets, maybe four back and running back sets, or maybe even line him up at quarterback just to run the ball like we would occasionally do. Um, but as far as drop back passing, I don't really think we will see much of that. But that's just my assumption. Um,
1: yeah, I, I think that hits all, all the right points. You know, I, I don't think Taysom's gone. I think everyone on the offensive staff sees Taysom as what he truly is, more likely than not. You know, maybe not a primary quarterback, I agree, but a weapon. You know, somebody you can swap around, use in different packages, situations. And let's face it, if there's a fourth and two, and you're going for it with a run, you know, whether you weigh it down with Camara on a short pass or you weigh it down with Taysom just jamming it up the middle – The man's Mm -hmm. willing to take a hit. The man's willing to run the ball and very effectively, Uh, you know, it's a, it's a different look that a lot of teams can't offer. And a lot of teams want to offer, you know, we're seeing teams like the 49ers use different players in different ways. The saints have been doing that for years and the saints aren't going to stop doing that.
2: Right. Yeah. I I completely agree. And Taysom's contract is $10 million uh, plus. I think you got to just think on him being a great tight end. I mean, if I'm Pete Carmichael, I'm telling him, try and put the weight back on that you, that you lost to play quarterback. Uh, if they're in the situation again, where Taysom has to play quarterback. I mean, just the season just went to shit at that point. And because if you bring back Taysom, you bring back Jameis, you're also bringing in another guy, whether that being Trevor, Simeon, Blake Bortles, there's going to be someone else suited up at all times, just in case he gets hurt because Taysom really is. I mean, he's a God gifted athlete, but he's just not a quarterback. And I think if, with the with the problems you have at tight end, I think you have to kind of assume that he's going to be at least tight end two or tight end three, maybe even tight end one in the receiving game. So I mean, we'll just all see the the next couple of weeks going to be big for this, just this coaching staff in general. Um, I mean, we'll just find out. Um, the uh, the combines on Monday, and the Saints are always always active at the combine. I mean, there's always something going on whether uh, they're interviewing street free agents or they're signing Kirk Coleman to a stupid deal. I mean, we'll, we'll just find out, but that's all we got for you guys today. Um, Pretty light news day Uh, in terms of saints news, at least. And I mean, political news, who knows? I mean, you you guys know what I'm talking about, but um, we'll see you guys next episode. Hopefully with some news about uh, restructures and how the saints got under the $76 million cap space. Again, I'm Brendan. Uh, we got Nate of course, and Jalen are uh, making his Canaster Chronicles debut. Make sure you follow him on Twitter, and all of us, and we'll uh, see you guys next episode. Who dat? Hey, who dat? Who dat?
0: Who dat? Who dat? that? Side, side. Who dat? Who dat? Let's go!